Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. And so let's get right into it. 1 Corinthians 6.19 um, in the Amplified. That's 1 Corinthians 6.19 in the Amplified. Um, I'm going to let you get there. We're going to read verses 19 through verse number 20. That is 1 Corinthians 6. Um, 19 through 20, and we're going to lift it up in the Amplified. It says this, it says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift? Didn't we just celebrate that on Pentecost? Whom you have received as a gift from God. I think it's important for us to realize that the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we have the privilege to have living on the inside of us indeed is a gift. You know, I believe if, if we looked at him the way we need to look at him, we wouldn't treat him the way we treat him. We wouldn't quench the spirit and we wouldn't ignore the spirit. But it says in that you are not your own property. Uh-oh. What you, what you mean? What you mean? That you are not your own property. It says this. It says you were bought with a what? With a price. You were bought with a price. Um, you were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his what? His own. Mm -hmm. It says this. It says so then honor and glorify God with your body. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you saying thank you. Father God, we thank you for so much. We have so much, literally, to be thankful for. But right now, God, we come thanking you for the power of your word. We thank you for the dunamis power, Father. We Thank you in the name of Jesus for uh, the power, Lord God, that is within your holy scripture and the power even that you will allow me to speak in and walk in this morning. Father, I ask, Lord, that that power will do what it does. Let it even, Lord, through the anointing of God, uh, destroy yokes of bondage. Father God, I thank you that, that, that somebody will experience freedom as a result of this word. God, I thank you that if one is in need of revelation, then that's exactly what they will get. I thank you that if one is in need of confirmation, that that is exactly what they will get. Father God, if someone needs an impartation, that's what they will get. Whatever they stand in need of, I thank you and I call all needs met this morning in the mighty name of Jesus through the power of your word. God, I ask that you would allow for me to articulate, Lord God, and speak clearly and speak boldly what it is that you've given me. I pray, Father God, that it will not fall on deaf ears, but I thank you, Lord, that your people are ready 
to receive the word. And so, God, we come against every manner of distraction. We come against things that will try to take our minds off of you in this moment. And we honor this moment. And we honor you. We honor your voice. We honor your instruction. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So back in 2016, anybody remember 2016? Which is crazily enough, six years ago, I preached a sermon. It was actually a series called Landlord Jesus. Landlord Jesus. Somebody say Landlord Jesus. It's one of those that even all these years later, it sticks with you, okay? You know how some series and some messages, they just stick with you. Does anyone have any that they might can think of off the top of their head? I know recently we were talking about dismantling toxic thoughts. That's one that sticks with you. Oh, somebody said salty saints. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh-huh, that sticks with you based off of Matthew 5.13. What else we got? Overcoming soul ties. Ooh, Jesus. That, yes, Lord. Overcoming soul ties. My body works. Living lonely. Mm-hmm. Fruition. We talked about that a little while ago in Bible study. Well, Landlord Jesus was along those lines. It was way back in 2016, and it was actually during my first year as pastor of Wapsi. And it's one of those messages that is literally always in season, always needed, and always relevant. Okay, so today I'm coming to you with a 2022 reloaded version of Landlord Jesus. So that's my title, Landlord Jesus. And let me start by telling you a story. Is that all right? We're going to have story time. I'm going to give you a few scriptures and then we're going to get out of here. Amen. Amen. We're going to. Yes, indeed. Deacons abbreviated meeting. Amen. Recently, someone I know put up, amen? Recently, someone I know put up a post on their story on Instagram uh, sharing a video that talked about how a lot of God's revelation, um, a lot of God's promises, etc., are conditional, okay? Um, how he may show us something, but he will also require something of us which opens the door to receiving that which he showed us. Anybody know that to be true? Somebody say obedience is key. To which someone else got mad, swiped up, and shared that they hate messages like that because it gets them in the mindset of works. Uh, it gets them looking at their shortcomings, and it gives them way too much anxiety. It makes things way too hard, and it makes them want to say, forget it. Just don't do it, Lord. And I was saddened when, when, when that was shared with me, but I also know that to be a reality in regards to the thought processes of many. I talked about at the top of the year in unveiling the 2022 theme of systematic breakthrough that it is clear to me that the 21st century believer is inherently more impatient than what we expect 
from a Christian in large part due to societal norms, structures, and workarounds, and shall I say, shortcuts that we're used to. Hashtag microwave society, hashtag DoorDash deliverance. Y'all remember that? And I am fully aware that there are Christians, that is, followers of Christ, who are following Christ, perhaps for all the wrong reasons. Loving the idea of a savior, but scared to death of submission. It's not lost on me, as they say, that a lot of believers desire to use grace as a scapegoat in terms of or instead of properly rationalizing or even wrestling with the unavoidable responsibilities of our call. I'm preaching already. I'm about to sit down. I understand that this is the mental plight of many, and so I begin to explain in conversation with the one who posted and was bothered by the response of the other that one of the biggest issues is confusing what is salvation and what comes after salvation. Here we are again, prophetess. What is becoming saved versus what is living out a walk in life of faith. We are saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. You can't take credit for anything in Christ, especially not your salvation, even before you actually may have known what faith was. You came to Christ. Also, too, faith without works is what? Dead as a doornail. JG3 version. So in order to live in his principles, are you okay with living in his principles? And in order to receive his promises, I know you want to receive his promises, it requires for us to play a role. Even in salvation, what did you have to do? You had to confess and you had to believe. And so God does the dirty work, but he empowers and instructs you on what to do to live life with clean hands and a pure heart after he's done the dirty work. Our work is not dirty, but we still have a work. And osmosis is not the name of the game. In Matthew 5, 16, my favorite scripture, okay, that's where Salty Saints came from. It says this, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see what? Your good works. Uh-oh. What now? Your good work. Whose works? Your good. Who is your? Me and you. It's you and I. Us is. <laughs> so, beloved, if you don't work, they won't see Jesus. If you don't work, God doesn't get glory. Not in the earth. Somebody shout, get to work. We're laying a foundation. Is that all right? This is going to be a two-part series. But I got to be done in July. And Bishop is preaching next week. So it's called Two Piece and a Biscuit. Amen. 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 Y'all know y'all be watching two shows at once. 
All right. Now watch this. For those who are anxious, like the young man was describing, and for those who are overwhelmed, God says this. Sorry, I got your back. I'm not just going to give you revelation, and I'm not just going to give you instruction and then sit back like, I'm going to just let you figure it out on your own. As a matter of fact, in addition to, let's say, a pastor and a covering, a lot of which don't have one of those. In addition to community, a lot of which has been rejected because the community wasn't perfect. It wasn't without spot or wrinkle, like of course they must be. Not only am I giving you the word, my words in the form of a book that you have access to physically and in this day and age electronically, etc. Not to mention it should be hidden in your heart. But God says, I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to give you a personal assistant, if you will. His name is HS. <laughs> His full name is Holy Spirit. Amen. But y'all going to be so tight that you're going to want to give him a nickname. He's literally a part of me. And I will allow for him to literally lead you and to guide you and to nudge you and to direct you and to redirect you and to remind you and to go before you and to look out behind you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will tell you what to do, and if you walk with me, I'll help you do it. And so in this, I concluded that if you don't want God to talk to you and to inform you of things or to instruct you or tell you what to do in situations to get different results in things, you don't want relationship with him. You don't want a relationship. You don't want a Lord. You just want a lover. But my God, he's a lover and a Lord. And so you have to let him lord over you, beloved. I know you don't want nobody telling you what to do. But you have to let him lord over you because he is lord. And because he's lord, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but he lording over you can see things that you can't see. And so as lord, he sees when that wrecking ball is about to come your way and try to ruin every part of your life. And he can whisper in your ear, step to the left, because he sees it coming. And he can whisper in your ear, step to the right. Now, see, if it was Brother Kelly at the cookout, y'all would listen, huh? Let me see you and your partner what? Stroll. Amen. Brother Kelly told you to step and you got to step in. You better learn how to get quiet. And hear that still small voice. Because sometimes the instruction comes in a whisper. And it's the whisper that can change the direction of the winds of your life. And so when he tells you to step to the left. 
And when he tells you to step to the right, and when he tells you to go to church, and when he tells you to sow your seed, and when he tells you to get out of that situation, and when he tells you to start that business, and when he even tells you something as simple as go a different way home, it's because he's lording over you. So your lover will comfort you. A lover will make you feel better. They'll encourage you. And that's good. That's needed. He is that too. Thank God. But he's also a Lord. See, a lover, you got to watch out because sometimes a lover can love you to death. I know some parents who love their children so much, they handicap them in adulthood. And I can tell that you were well cared for when you was a child, but you were loved to death because now adulthood is the death of you. A lover can love you to death because they can't see what a Lord can see. So they won't be able to warn you about the wrecking ball and when it comes, it might knock you out and knock them out too. Well, you know why you crying on this shoulder. Both of y'all just. <laughs> but I'm so glad on this morning, and it's almost time. I'm so glad on this morning that we have a lover and a lover. Anybody glad about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lover and a Lord who will comfort you, but also correct you. Who will inspire you, but also instruct you. Who will love you, but also lead you. Come on, somebody. Can we give a quick hand clap of praise to our lover and our Lord? Woo, Jesus. Somebody say landlord Jesus. All right. Let's define some terms. Let's define some terms. Thank you, Jesus. Lover and the Lord. Elder told us last week, when we do it our way, we mess things up. Thank God for our Lord. The word Lord is defined as someone or something having power or authority, influence. It's a master or ruler. Someone or something having power or authority, influence, a master or ruler. Now notice the definition of Lord isn't Jesus. Because some of us have other things and other people lording over us. The word savior, person who saves someone or something from danger. Landlord is a person who rents land. Anybody knows about landlord? A landlord, uh-huh. They rent land, a building, or an apartment to a tenant. A tenant occupies land or property rented from a landlord. 
And so it's very important for us to realize that when we accept Jesus, we accept him as our what? That's it, Lord and Savior. We like the Savior. Save me. <laughs> Save me. But we forget that it's a package deal. When we say yes to Jesus, we aren't just saying, yes, save me. We're also saying, yes, Lord, over me. And that's the part that we need to talk about. I want to look at some scripture. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. We're going to read that one more time in the Amplified. And then we're going to look at a few more. These are tools for your toolbox. So make sure that you write them down. And you might as well go ahead and get further into them during the week. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 in the Amplified again. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is where? Within you. Whom you have received as a gift from God and that you are not your own. I am not my own. I am not my own. I am not my own property. Why? Because verse 20 says you were bought with a price. You were bought with the price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. In the spirit of being uh, reminded of, of, of to whom we belong, let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 7, 23. 1 Corinthians 7, 23 in the Amplified. It reminds us, it says, you were bought with a price, a precious price paid by Christ. Do not become slaves to men, but to Christ. Don't let nobody lord over you who hasn't paid the price for you. Amen. We'll say that again. Don't let nobody lord over you who hasn't paid the price for you. The only one who's paid the price for you is who? Jesus. Let's look at Galatians 5, 24, and we'll lift up 24 through 25. It says this, it says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus, is that you? Do you belong to Christ Jesus? Have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. Uh-oh. 25 says, if we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, the one on the inside of us, we must also walk by the Spirit. How do you do that? Well, with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. Once again, we're empowered. He's not going to ask you to do anything that he won't help you do. He's not going to ask anything or require of anything that he's not going to empower you to carry out. So remove the anxiety. That's why be anxious for nothing. If you were doing it on your own, yeah, you should be anxious. If it was, if it was up to you, yeah, you should have anxiety. But knowing what you know and knowing what you're promised and knowing what has been proven, because how many of you are not new to this, but true to this, and you know him to be a helper, and you know him to be a guide, and you know him to direct you, and you know, listen, 
the reason I believe God had me to bring this word is not because we don't know it, but because we're in a critical time where we need to be reminded of it. We need it at the top of our minds. We don't need it back in 2016. You need to be reminded that he's called you to a work and he's empowered you to carry it out. I find it interesting that preceding the scripture is the fruit of the spirit. Why? Because that's a part of the lease agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fruit of the spirit, that's a part of, of the lease agreement. That's what he's requiring of you as you occupy space that he's allowing you to occupy as you are a tenant of his he's requesting that you show forth these fruit and so when the fruit inspector comes <laughs> yeah 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 galatians 2 and 20 let's look at that one galatians 2 and 20 first corinthians and galatians begin us together galatians 2 20 let's look there It says this, it says, my old self. How many of you got an old self? <laughs> Amen. How many of you know that old self will try to start creeping back, you know, and overtake the new self? But it's okay. That's why each and every day we have to crucify that flesh. You got to kill old self every morning. If not, you think you're all good. And at 1.35 p.m., old self says, hey. How many of you know that when you, when, when, you, when you didn't crucify that flesh that morning, you ain't spend time with God, you didn't pray, you didn't do what you're supposed to do? Flesh will come remind you. That old self, that old thing, huh, will come and remind you. And so Galatians 2.20 says that my old self has been crucified with Christ. That means that when I say yes to God, I go ahead and I nail my old self to the cross. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Mm -mm -mm. As we go into part two. In a couple of weeks, I want you to ponder this thought this week. Do I desire for God to be my landscaper or my landlord? I want you to think about that. It's worthy of writing down. I want you to answer that honestly in different areas of your life. Do I desire for God to be my landscaper or my landlord? One way you might be able to answer that is if a prayer for you is focused on how something looks. If a prayer for you is, 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 is focused on something in regards to how it appears. Think about it. God, am I desiring for you to be my landscaper? or my landlord. How many of you know that some people have a beautiful yard and a trashy house? Huh? But it looks good for the people who are looking. 
who might be passing by, people who probably don't know you from Adam, people who don't care nothing about you. Oh, but how much do we put into things looking good for those who might be passing by? Yeah, some of us like a well-manicured lawn, but how many of you know that you can be well-manicured and malfunctioning all at the same time? Landscaper or landlord? God, come and, come and make me look good. A landscaper, y'all, has limited access. Huh? Bishop, I don't think... Esteban been in the house. A landscaper has limited access. They stay on the outside. They do their work on the outskirts. But God says, I need access. God says, I need to come in your house. I want to do a work that doesn't just look good, but that is good. I want to do a work on your heart. Forget about your hair right now. I, I want to do a work on your heart. I, listen, I don't care if, if, if you got naps. I don't care. Wake up and get in the face of Jesus before you fix your hair. Make sure you fix your heart. He says, I want to do a work in your heart. The property that God wants to lord over is your heart. He's always been after your heart since day one. That is why, again, in order to receive salvation, we must confess with our mouths and believe in our <laughs> He's always been after your heart. And so the premise of this message is giving God access to your heart. But then once you give him access and you give him authority, you allow him to do what he wants to do. Access and authority. Allowing God to change and to transform even the very desires of your heart so that they look like his. Amen? In this mini-series, we will be coming to terms with his lordship. And we also will be overcoming the spirit of rebellion. Those are two things that we're going to be doing. We're going to be coming to terms. Uh-oh, the prayer team must have talked about that. Uh-oh, prayer team. Y'all see him? Y'all talked about that this morning. Coming to terms with his lordship and overcoming the spirit of what? Rebellion. And so to prepare your heart to receive this message, I have some questions for you to ask yourself this week. I want you to ask yourself, does God have restricted access when it comes to me? Does God have restricted access when it comes to me? Next question is, how can I improve upon letting him in my house? How can I improve upon letting him in my house? He wants to come in your house. Why? Because he wants to heal your house. He wants to bring restoration to your house. 
He wants your house to look like heaven. Jesus. And so the next question is very pivotal as we go to part two of the mini-series, and that is, how willing am I to be taken care of? How willing am I to be taken care of? Because that's all he wants to do. He's trying to take care of you. Don't, don't fight. Don't resist. He's trying to take care of you. He wants to be responsible for the caretakership of you. And the last question is, will I give myself grace as I get grounded? Some of us, he might have been Lord in 2016. And maybe somewhere along the way, we got off track. Will you give yourself grace as you get grounded? It's okay. He's a loving God. He's a forgiving God. And he'll help you get back on track. The last thing you want to do is live in a place of regret and live in a place where you're operating in guilt. He says, no, 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 no. On the cross, your sin was forgiven and your guilt was removed. We don't even have time for that. Will you give yourself grace as you get grounded so that you can put him in the proper place in your heart? If you put him in the proper place in your heart, then he's going to be in the proper place in your life. I'm going to say that again. If you put him in the proper place in your heart, the throne of your heart, which means that we might have to dethrone some other stuff. But if you put him in the proper place in your heart, then he will be in the proper place in your life. Anybody ready for him to be your savior and your Lord, your lover and your Lord? Can we give God a hand clap of praise? This is the intro to mini series, Landlord Jesus.